Blog Talk Radio. Father calls a son, he does not leave him full of the world, of his own desires and instincts of the flesh. The father calls his son to his side, and then angels are dispatched to bring him his son. These angels know the condition the son must be in to present himself before the father. He cannot come full of himself with all of his worldly desires, his ego, lest he feel the pain of his sin and flee before even hearing his father's voice like Adam hiding from his shame. Like fine gold is refined by fire, the son is confronted by the devil face to face, just as Job faced Satan at the will of God. As Christ was tempted for 40 days prior to returning to start his ministry, Christ faced the evil one who brought the heat of the furnace to purify his heart, soul, and his mind of this world. Every calling in the Word of God for the Son of Man is the same, but manifests in different ways, but always has the same outcome. The Son of Man is finally purified, refined like fine gold, knowing his own sin and grasping the law of God so deeply that he can finally confess his unworthy stature and repent fully, completely, with a fully humble and contrite heart. Then and only then can the Son approach the throne of His Father. And even so, He still crawls. The fact that you are here listening to this show demonstrates that you are heeding the call. For many are called and few are chosen. Those that are chosen have to actually respond to that call. Welcome to the show. Uh, Hopefully you can hear me. So give me a shout out on the chat if you can hear me. Just say, yes, you can hear me because I'm using a new new microphone since the other one uh, seemed to have a little bit of a distance issue. Can you hear me? Here, I'll type it. So uh, let me just get a confirmation that you can hear me so I don't have to uh, redo all of the technology here been a very busy day. Oh, good. I'm glad. That makes me happy. So, um, again, like I said, thank you for coming to the show. I know know that um, many people want to be able to ask questions uh, constantly because uh, I can tell because of the amount of emails and texts and messages and and postings. And um, I truly, truly appreciate it because um, it it demonstrates that you have uh, the will to seek because that's what it says is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, And then all of these things will be added unto you. Now, all of these things is food that you will be taken care of. Now, many people relate that to food that is, uh, is something that you can, uh, that you can eat with your mouth. Um, Yes, he will take care of you in that way. 
but primarily it is a spiritual food that fills you up and and um in many ways removes your your need so much um to actually eat physical food as as odd as that may sound that is reflected within the scriptures when you know when they were uh telling Yeshua they were saying hey you need to eat and he said you have uh you know you don't know that I have food that you're not aware of that he is continuously being filled with what the father has given him and that's why when you are consumed by this when someone says you know father consume me consume me use me up um he will use up your time he will use up your mind he will use up your spirit he will consume you with his food and it is so satisfying you literally forget to eat i've gone you know couple days and gone, well, what did I actually eat? Oh, I had a piece of toast, just a piece of bread. And I was completely satisfied with that one piece of bread. So um, I, it's amazing that as you, as you have accepted what you're, what you're asked to do and you've accepted that call, you begin to, um, it begins to take over every fiber of your body. Your physical body will change. The the misinterpretation of being born again with a statement where you walk up and you say something and all of a sudden you're born again and it happens. Um, that's a, that's literally a satanic magical statement. That's, that's assuming that there's some magic, that there's nothing in it. If it were that easy, then, then the entire new Testament would have said, Jesus came and, and said, Hey, say these words. And he would have been gone. It would have been, you know, a, a, a single paragraph if that. So, uh, obviously, he was contending with a uh, a time where he had to communicate to a people that were dead. They were deaf. They were blind. They were completely consumed by the world that had um, that had taken over them. And uh, and it is it's so evident today to me that if if. I like to say this, you know, I, when I speak to my family, you know, my family has lots of time to be able to talk with me and they, you know, and every single morning I'll get up and I just absolutely love my sister to pieces and I'll sit and talk with her. And sometimes my, my mom will be here and we'll just talk for hours and hours and hours and I'll show them scripture and we'll talk about these things. And they'll ask me all the questions that you want to ask. And many times my sister always says, you know, why isn't there a video camera running that, you know, that you can, uh, that you can play this for everyone. And, um, that's primarily what the gathering is going to be, is that um, I'd like to be able to answer the questions that everyone has and where we have the time. And so you can, um, you can hear the real questions. You can see the real responses. And that's for people that don't mind being on camera, obviously. But I think that that would be very, very healthy um, for other people to experience that. So people that do want to to have those moments and and uh, be available for that, I definitely want to make that something so we can uh, share the things that are learned and share the things that the Father gives me um, as a result of the questions. Because in many cases, I want to just make sure that you understand this, because as you speak to people, what you're going to learn is that many times you will be taught as you're teaching. When you're speaking things, because he's already shown you these things, and you don't really realize because you've never verbalized them. You've never brought them out as the word. And that's precisely why Christ said, you know, this world will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Your words will never pass away. Because once, they, once you enter those words into this universe, once you enter those words into that person, 
they become part of that. They become that word. They, they, if, even if they reject it. In fact, that's why you get such visceral, visceral reactions sometimes because the spoken word is incredibly powerful. And uh, we, we tend to neglect or, um, as I will always try to educate you on, is that we have forgotten who we are. We have forgotten. We believe that this flesh body and that this world is who we are, and that is far from it. We were before the foundation of this world. We existed long before the foundation of this place. So there is much that we know that is written within us that we just as have lost. We've completely lost touch with that. And that is the separation from the Father that took place. This fall, us coming here, this is the separation. And so obtaining that and obtaining that connection to the Father is the goal. Um, that's primarily why the enemy uh, fills your water with fluoride. That's uh, primarily why you've got spraying overhead. Yes, they're hiding things visually, but also uh, aluminum oxide, barium in the uh, in the air right now and in the water is just extremely high levels. All of these things are intended to uh, to calcify components within your own body that prevent you from having a spiritual contact. The pineal gland, obviously, with certain chemicals that your body releases that allows you to feel the spirit within you. So you become numb and dead, and that's why we have a population that is literally numb and dead. And the chosen, the ones that have been called and that have heeded that call, that calcification, your body is so powerful that you actually begin to break that down. You remove that. Now, that's not to say that there aren't physical ways that you can help with that. There are many, many um, homeopathic remedies that allow you to begin to cleanse your body of that. And I, I encourage you. Um, absolutely encourage you to try to find those homeopathic remedies. There's uh, quite a number of things. In fact, one of them, a, a, a dear gentleman that is a, a listener and I consider a, a brother, just a wonderful person, he uh, sent me a website today, which is um, zptech.net. So you can take that down, zptech.net. And what this is, uh, is they have subatomic gold. Now, I'm going to tell you quickly what subatomic gold is. And I don't know anything. This is the very first time that I saw this site uh, was today. So I'm not making anything. Obviously, you, you know how I feel about all of that. I'm not making anything off of this. Uh, this is um, purely for your benefit. Now, keep in mind that the, that the uh, subatomic gold is not cheap. What subatomic gold is, you're going to see, you're going to see a picture when you first get there on the right-hand side, and it's, it's a white cake of powder. Uh, this is what would be referred to as mana from heaven, because subatomic gold literally comes from the universe, literally from outside of our, of our atmosphere, <clears throat> and that's what um, it speaks of. Now, subatomic gold can also be derived from actual gold, and uh, and you'll recall this, that when Moses came down from the mountain within the scriptures and the people had become uh, so attached to the flesh during his uh, departure that they built a golden calf. Now, that golden calf is just representative of the people that had, uh, you know, they needed an idol to worship. They needed uh, some type of altar. But basically, they had become very much of the world and forgotten the spiritual teachings. And... 
Moses took the calf and ground it down into a fine powder and made the people drink it. So that's what this is. So that process of how he did that, um, there are specific types of alchemy and, and things within, the, uh, within metallurgy that, that are processes that allow these things to happen. But he actually fed that to the people and made them drink it. So it would give them a, a easier and closer connection to the Father and to the spiritual sense that you have within you. And so I encourage you to take a look at the things that they have on this site. Like I said, it is definitely not cheap. If you're looking for um, uh, if you're looking for these products, I would suggest uh, you know reading through the descriptions of them, reading through uh, you know the different uh, the different frequencies that the that they have because obviously the metals in your these metals these subatomic metals create the ability to here imagine yourself your body is like a radio uh, that you turn that you tune to different stations and the calcification. Uh, essentially hardens the components in your mind that allow you to tune to the Father. Obviously, that's why they spray it. That's why they put fluoride in your water. They're not trying to help your teeth. Since when, since when did the government care about your teeth? Uh, like, that matters. <laughs> if they cared about your teeth, they would pay for your fillings. So uh, just wanted to highlight that and that there are lots of ways and you can spend some time researching that. Now, uh, I have uh, posted that we're, uh, I'm going to be taking some questions from online uh, on Facebook. Also within here, if you have qu uh, questions within the, uh, within the chat, please feel free to post them. I'll try to scroll through and see those as well. I don't want to, the radio shows I want to make um, far more comfortable, uh, more relaxed, because obviously two hour, a two-hour show can be, um, can be lengthy for me particularly, and talking through the entire show, uh, through this entire show isn't difficult for me. I could speak for 20 hours straight, but uh, on particularly on these subject matters. But I want to just try to make it so I can get to these questions and be thorough enough and, and it not be rushed so I can take my time in explaining them to you. So more of a casual conversation and, and don't think that you have to ask some profound question. Uh, that that you know you want to appear smart or that you're you know you're really into seeking it doesn't have to be. Uh, just um, know that there is no stupid question. So uh, the only stupid question would be, as far as I'm concerned, is one that you know already already know the answer to. And uh, but if you think it's a question that uh, that other people need to hear, then obviously hear the answer to. Then obviously it's not a stupid question. But it, it, just make sure that uh, that we're that we're thinking about everybody else that we're using the, that we're utilizing the time uh, that we have with uh, together on this um, with the with the greatest amount of thought of what everybody needs. So uh, I'm going to go to the phones and try to make this more of a question uh, question answer session. Um, I want to quickly comment and clarify uh, on about the video today. So uh, many people, uh, many people had made some comments about uh, understanding it for the very first time, and that it was kind of alarming for them to hear the scripture read back to them, and the nuance, the the tiny little nuance in it that makes it feel like that it's some other person rather than you, and then when you read it, this is why I always try to express to you that when you read something. 
even if you think you've got it, you've come to a conclusion, then dump that conclusion and begin reading it anew again. Read it from a different angle. In fact, the best way that I can describe this that I think that is most effective that I've that I've uh, that I found in, in folks is that if you read it as though it's being written to you specifically, that literally imagine that I wrote it and I sent it to you and that it's for you. And then also then imagine that you wrote it and that you're sending it to somebody else, because in that how you receive something and how you transmit something, there's um, it speaks two different languages to you. And once you have these different conclusions, there's a confirmation that takes place. The first confirmation is you realize that there can be two different conclusions with the same words where it would seem obvious. And you'll see people refute scriptures and go, well, no, this is what Jesus said, and this is what it means. That's a single conclusion. And then you ask them a question that would potentially give them another understanding of that, and instantly they're confused. And then, like I was saying earlier, they get angry because they have built up this idea of what it is, and you've permanently altered what their belief was that they've settled in. They, they feel settled. They're very comfortable. Well, the one thing that I've learned about the Father is um, never, ever get comfortable because his word and how he transmits these words to you is so dynamic. That is why it is called the living word. Because it literally will change and mean something different to you for the position and for the age and for the time that you're in. There is no such thing as reading it once and it one size fits all. It doesn't. The age of this world does not work like that. The age of the universe does not work like that. It is constantly shifting. And then once you see these incredibly profound meanings that come in different ways, it is astonishing that you – it establishes in you such a profound faith in it that you realize it, it's kind of like – and I don't want to cheapen this in any way, but just let me help you understand this, that it's like those eight balls that you know you can take the single scripture. If the eight ball is one scripture and you can have a situation with your family in that single day where you're frustrated and you shake it, and it will give you the, the, the answer to that situation – and then there's a different situation that pops up and you shake it, and it'll give you a different answer to that equation. And, and wh how that works is this, that everything within the scriptures took place from a physical standpoint, but its meanings are far more profound and long-lasting in the spiritual standpoint. And what I mean by that is this. I'm going to give you an example that you take Judas having, um, having betrayed Yeshua for some silver, for some money, essentially. Now, you can say, what is the Antichrist? Well, the Antichrist is the son of destruction. Uh, Yeshua refers to Judas as being the son of destruction. So rather than looking at Judas as a person at that time and what he did to Yeshua, you look at it and say, who is Yeshua? Well, he's Christ, right? So he's the spirit of Christ as well. So take that to the spiritual level. And now you're thinking about, about him in the spiritual level, just like I spoke of in the video today, that he is established in all of us. Now, that, that understanding gets established in all of us, and Judas also knew that understanding. But he sold out to that understanding for some silver. Now, think about that for a second. 
Think about all of these pastors and all of these churches that know this truth, but yet have sold out the real Christ for this, for a little bit of money. They're far more concerned about the pieces of silver that they receive and the building and the ego. They've sold out the true Christ for this watered-down version that really doesn't help any of the people at all. And worse yet, it becomes an addiction to the people that they – because when you get someone established, when you get someone established in Christ, when they start understanding how to be fed by the Father, they don't need to come and knock down his door too much. They want fellowship. It's a different need now. Just like the government creates a need for you. They create disasters because they've already planned the solution to the disaster because through fear they rule all. Well, the same thing is establishing in these doctrines something that they're going to give you a little bit. They're not going to really tell you the truth. So you're never really saved. You always got to come back to them and throw some money in the bucket to be saved. And in your mind, and the same thing with drug programs, not saying that they don't help people. But to tell somebody that they can't be cured of something when they are in the likeness of the Father, when they have this spirit, it, that's, these things are nonsense. And it doesn't matter how many times somebody wants to establish and say, well, no, no, you always have that disease and that there is a physical addiction. That's in your mind, and that's reinforced by telling you that you have it and establishing that in you. I've seen people be completely altered instantly in a second and never touched a single thing again their body didn't even demand it so no one could tell me that they can't be healed no one could tell me that the mind can't heal those things christ said physician heal yourself heal yourself and when someone came up and touched him or he touched them or they asked him for healing he said by your faith you are made well by your faith so understanding who we are that the power is in your hand the power is within you. The kingdom is within you. So that means the power is within you. So all of these things, the best thing that could ever happen, in my opinion, with, with you listening here and people following these videos is that you establish it so well that you don't ever have to return. That's the truth of my circumstance. I hope you don't ever have to watch another video because once the Father begins establishing in you in this truth, the book becomes your guide because the testimony of Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy I have spoken in Revelation. It is your prophecy. Once you are in Christ, just like I told you today, that you are the Christ when you achieve that office, when you assume that office, when all of a sudden you are dead to the world and the Father establishes himself in you, and you are dead to this world, and you begin to understand how unimportant things are, you really don't care whether you have a roof over your head. You have the Father. you got the biggest roof in the world. And you are so satisfied in that that anything that comes to you, you're just appreciative of because you know that the Father intends that. You don't try to force anything. It's the greatest freedom in the world. You're just free. There's no stress. You're not worried about being here or being there or trying to force somebody to think a certain way. You're not trying to go, well, I don't want you to think this. You'll start catching your words, your own words. You'll catch yourself when you go, you know, I don't want you to think this, but I'm. you instantly recognize that when you say that, I don't want you to think this way. That is a manipulation. That's what this world is established in, that you're trying to do things in a way that they will receive it differently. 
rather than just relying on the truth. The truth literally just lives in you, and it doesn't matter how they receive it. If they, if they receive it improperly, that's their issue, not yours. But for you to become – it's kind of like you stare into the abyss and you become the abyss, right? Don't stare into that abyss. Don't become what it is to satisfy the other. Be who you are. I am who I am. That's precisely what that means. I am. This is what it is. And then you'll also start to hear words that are placed on you. You'll start to see the bondage that people put on you, and that becomes incredibly uncomfortable. So you'll separate yourself from people that cannot grasp the fact that, that you won't let them project their bondage onto you. You just won't. So um, that's why I, I constantly say I fully understand the monks that go into the mountains and, and, uh, and finish their lives out in a cave. Because they're completely happy being by themselves because it's, it's so much easier to not have to be addressing these things all day long. And, and it's also so disheartening in the world to contend with all of these things. I know that everyone is seeking the Father here, but I'll get emails and everything, and, and, and I want to respond to them sometimes and say, did you hear how many times you said I and me and all of those things? It's incredible that when you begin to see these things – now, this isn't to point my finger at people because I've been through this myself. And putting the mirror to your face and looking at all of these things is an incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable situation. This is where dying to yourself – you have to accept every single one of these things that you do. If you do not acknowledge them, accept them, and identify them, you cannot put them in the backpack and throw them over the cliff and repent and be done done with them. You have to first admit that you've got them. And jumping back into it becomes the most painful experience, and you'll find you just feel polluted by it. So um, it is it is a remarkable thing to be in Christ. It is remarkable at a level that uh, this is why I'm, I'm sharing this, because I want every one of you to have what I have, every single one of you, because it is the most liberating thing ever. It is just mind-blowing. And the Father, I, 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 he's got the greatest sense of humor in the world because he'll begin to show you things that out of the blue, you'll just start laughing harder than you've ever laughed. And it's amazing because you can literally feel him laughing with you. It is truly the most personal thing, that this, this relationship between you and the Father that becomes so, uh, so intimate that it is – and you never want to lose that. Because when you start to feel it lose, you start to go away where you're kind of losing that connection, boy, I'll tell you, you'll start digging and pulling and, and, and clawing your way back to it. Now, that's when you know that it's true because it's so satisfying. It fills you up in every way, shape, and form. So I'm going to go to some callers here. Um, I was hoping to have uh, – I had uh, requested for a gentleman that, uh, that I've met during, this, uh, during the, the course of me releasing these videos, and he's a remarkable man. And um, his name is also Derek. I don't know whether he'll be calling in, but uh, hopefully he will be in one – when he comes on, I'd like uh, I'd like to be able to bring him on because uh, he's he's a person that that when I speak to him, it's astonishing because it's like speaking to myself. That his words, his understanding of things, what he's gone through is almost identical, and so it's remarkable and it's um, it's truly profound to me, and and even more profound that his name is Derek, because if you understand the the uh, the 
ancient meaning of Derek. This is, you know, the um, essentially Derek means Torah, and um, but that's the new variant of the word. But Derek means the way. Uh, it has three meanings. It has the way, the truth is the other one, and the life is the third. And so we were talking about that, and uh, Derek is truly a remarkable guy, and I, I hope, uh, I, hope I, can, I can bring him on the show because I think you're going to hear right away the similarities. And he's a profound speaker, and I just absolutely love him and adore him. And so I want to definitely get him on the show sometime soon. Uh, I'm also going to be – I've gotten some messages from uh, some pastors and uh, it's pretty incredible that there are uh, some churches that I've located, probably about four now. Uh, I haven't verified on the fourth one, but three I have um, churches that have began speaking the things that I'm speaking. In fact, they play my videos during their church services. And um, I, think that, uh, I think that is really a remarkable statement that uh, that a church would would recognize the truth and begin altering the the way that they had taught the pastor and the leaders of that church is that's the most admirable admirable most faithful thing i've seen because they take great risk in that in losing what it is so it's uh, their faith is is absolutely amazing and uh so i want to address some questions here uh, somebody had uh, written me through Facebook, and so I'll address this. Um, it says, uh, can you address the financial reset? I know, that, And he says, I know that the word says not to worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry it for itself. But I have concerns for other in America who have no idea what's coming. Um, so, yes, there is um, no amount of preparation that is going to be able to to help you what is going to come upon uh, not just this country, but the whole world. You can't run from what is about to come because the, the Phoenix or the Eagle that you see on the back of the coin going all the way back to the Romans and our coin here, um, understanding that the, the 10 obelisks, the 10 major power structures, the 10 baking nations are all part of the beast system. And that beast system has a way of convincing the masses. They, they're really not too uh, concerned about us yet. When we become a larger threat, they will be concerned because they know that they rise up. This is all. This all must come to pass. So you know that this is already preordained. It's already written. It's already been uh, prophesied about. So it's going to happen because it's happened before, and so it will happen again. Uh, there is nothing new under the sun, Scripture says, and that's what that means. And the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow – uh, means the father's the same, and so are the circumstances of man and, and on this earth. They, they don't change. They go through these cycles, through these ages. And that's why a story of something that happened in past Babylon will reflect exactly what happens in this new mystery Babylon, which is why it's called mystery Babylon, because it was a city yet to be named, which now, or a city or a country yet to be named, which we now know um, reflects more of the image of the beast being this country and the actual beast still being Rome. So uh, that what happens is, is the phoenix is about destroying power structures and giving you the impression that they're empty in the swamp, so to speak. Now, that's not to say, look, I don't speak pol political. I can just tell you that anybody works for the cabal. Um, they're going to always have issues, and there's, there is no such thing as working for that office without, 
without uh, receiving the the tap of honor from the enemy. It's just not that's not how things work in this world. Uh, the system is Luciferian, and Luciferians don't let non-Luciferians in. And they have the systems in place that if somebody comes in and they are a Luciferian, like a JFK, and then all of a sudden they go sideways, well, they take them out. So. Um, the system definitely protects itself, and the wrath of that god, Godriel, will definitely will will take you out if you're going to go against that system. So when you and all of us become a threat, you can't expect the persecution, even greater persecution that Christ spoke of, that they will kill you and think they're doing the work of God because they're serving a different god. And that's where those statements come from. So the financial systems, uh, 2008, the financial system collapse was intentional. Everything is intentional, that when they do these things, it's to provide because they need to be able to accomplish something. So if you, uh, if you understand this, that, for instance, in this country, the government establishing uh, the TSA, uh, they established the TSA at such lightning speed and, uh, dis, uh, and basically disbanded literally hundreds upon hundreds of private security firms without a, seri- without a single peep about destroying these private companies. Uh, that were running security for the airports. And that was just one component that they had. They had already planned the solution. So you can always judge by how, how quickly that they established something as to whether it was pre, uh, you know, premeditated, preordained, because the federal government doesn't do anything quickly. Um, anything, anything that isn't uh, planned, uh, they don't do anything quickly. So uh, when things get torn apart like the fall of the dollar, the collapse of the dollar. That's what that was. They called it the mortgage meltdown, um, but the essentially was the initial collapse of the dollar as indicated by the, uh, the establishment of something called quantitative easing. Quantitative easing was injecting uh, at the time, at the beginning, $150 billion a month into the system because the value of a fiat currency is based on faith. That's why the dollar is backed by the full faith and credit of the people of the United States of America. So understand that your faith in the dollar, the dollar being the the image, right? So it is a beast. Uh, it is a beast system. That's why it says, "In God we trust." That's why it is a church. That's why you cannot audit the Federal Reserve. So these types of things. You have to understand that the dollar and the systems and the banking systems are a church. So those are temples. That's why uh, Yeshua was going in and turning over the tables in the, in the temples because they were exchanging money. They, were, they had become the banks. Those were the banks. That's why he said that they will throw you out of the synagogues. And people were like, well, how will I eat? Because that's how you exchanged your money. That's how you lived. That was the system that was being established. Taxation was being established. That's why there was – when in scripture when uh, Yeshua was born, it mentions that there was a counting of the people, essentially a census. And any census uh, that is conducted is for the intention of taxation. If you want to know what you have the ability to do um, and you're planning on future strategies and future spending, well, then you need to have a better idea of the people because people immigrate in, there's states, there's lots of people that come in that they aren't aware of, so they reestablish their numbers. It's just a bookkeeping exercise. So um, they will intentionally collapse the dollar um, like they did in 2008. And when they intentionally collapse it, they suck up the value of everything. So let's say that you have a home that you paid a half a million dollars for, um, and the value has gone up to a million and a half dollars. And that's what the market, the market will bear. 
and you put some modifications on it. You added your money, your blood, sweat, and tears to it. And then all of a sudden, the dollar goes bang. The mortgage crisis takes place um, or whatever crisis, but the stock market goes, uh, goes sideways, completely losing thousands upon thousands of dollars of value. Then your house becomes worth nothing. And you can't even pay the nothing that it's worth because you're still paying on $500,000 debt. But now your house is worth $50,000, but you owe $500,000. Now you're still required to pay the $500,000 of debt to their banking system, to their church, and but it's only worth $50,000, maybe even less if it's really bad. And so you don't get to reduce the amount that you owe because you committed to that 500 grand. So what they do is they bankrupt you. They put you in that situation. Um, they'll bail out the banks as they did. They'll never bail out the people. If they had bailed out the people that for the money that they had bailed out the banks, every single person in this country could have had their homes paid for and they could have owned them outright. That's the only evidence you need to know. Uh, that their intent is to take your home. Their intent is to take the value. You build up the value like a good slave, and they take it back from you. And then they reestablish. So after it's all been destroyed, they say, we know what the problem is, and here's the solution, and they'll offer you the solution. Well, the next solution that comes with the collapse of this next financial system, because when the dollar collapses, the United States dollar is the backing currency for every other currency on earth. So when the U.S. dollar goes bankrupt, every single country on earth will also go bankrupt. And they're not going to be very happy about the United States becoming the sole factor in the dollar being that established component to everything. And they're going to say, this can never happen again. A single country can never, ever have that much power that they hold the whole world hostage. It'll be a crisis the likes you've never seen before. And they will overinflate that like crazy. Now, many people said that my video was cut off when I started talking about ISIS. ISIS is a signal that, that the plan for the collapse of the dollar has been put into motion. ISIS, when they changed it from ISIL to ISIS, you have to recognize how they do things with symbols. Take the I from each S and slide them over top of both S's, and you now have a cash sign, cash sign, money, money. And ISIS and the likes of terrorism will be blamed for it. That's why they already established in people's minds that there will be a, a, uh, uh, a financial economic weapon of mass destruction. They've already prepared cryptocurrency. They've already prepared the mark of the beast. They've already prepared the things that will make you take that. And if you refuse to take it, it's going to be a refusal to cooperate with the world out of this awful, awful calamity that just happened. And you have no, they'll, they'll put guilt on you. You have no care for anybody else that you're not cooperating with the rest of us. You don't care about your neighbor. You're not honoring the scriptures of loving your brother. You're, you have to take this mark. And if you don't take this mark and don't use this one world currency, then uh, they're basically going to put you as an outcast, as a prisoner. And since you'll still have to eat somehow, they will deny you that ability. So your, your only option at that point is going to be to be somewhere where they can't get to you, uh, which will be very, very few places. And, um, and essentially, the only place that they're not going to be able to come is to a real church. Because, you see, they protect themselves from the people by their own laws. And so they establish, like I said, you can't audit the Federal Reserve because they're an actual church. 
They're not a nonprofit organization. They're definitely for profit, but they are a church. And a real church in this country and all over the world simply has a couple of components. You have a statement of faith, and you meet four times a year. The Federal Reserve meets four times a year, and their statement of faith is printed right on the money. In God we trust because the money is the God. And the money represents as an image of the beast, which is represented by the, uh, by the all-seeing eye. Lucifer running the entire operation and very old, going all the way back to Egyptians and long before that. So you understand that this is a strategy. These people work for the enemy. And so all of these things must come to pass. And when you read Revelation, you're going to see what I'm saying is actually what it's talking about. When you read of the collapse that Babylon will fall in a single hour. That single hour collapse comes because of a financial collapse. It's not a bomb. It's not an explosion. It's an economic explosion. And that's described as why the merchants sit off at sea and watch her burning and, and are upset because no one buys their gold or silver or their goods anymore. Now, here's what you have to understand. A fiat currency today, if you want to buy gold, which is real value, it has an intrinsic value in and of itself. If you want to buy silver, today you can't buy it any other way except by having a fiat currency. And so that's describing to you that fiat currency has collapsed, and that's why you can't buy gold or silver anymore because there is no system for you to do that. So they're describing to you the first part of the economic system collapse. And, uh, and that is Babylon. And Semiramis, who is the, the wonderful statue that we have sitting out at the harbor of New York, is the Statue of Liberty. That is Semiramis. And so Semiramis is the queen of Babylon. And with the Masonic symbols that are right at the bottom of that, and as, as articulated and shown, you go up and you're going to see the Mason symbol right there, which are the Luciferians, and that's going to show you exactly what that is. And that was a gift from the masons in france to basically say yes we recognize who you are we recognize that you are the queen we recognize the strategy and we will get behind that and back that which is precisely why the french were so involved in the wars now you're starting to put things together so all of these things get twisted together and become the the genius strategy of the enemy so once you understand just how good it is there is no amount of preparation that you can do to defend against these things. And this is why you have to be prepared to lose your head. Because when they recognize that you're now taking from the system, because you're not on the system, they're not going to allow that. If you're in their soup lines without the mark, they're not going to allow that. You're a drain on the system. You're evil. You should be killed off with your head. And so that's where that comes from in the scriptures, because they will. And uh, they're not going to put you in prison. They will not have an interest. There will be prisons at first, but they're not going to have an interest in keeping you around. They're going to have an interest in reducing the population of the world down to 500,000 uh, – or sorry, 500 million, which is articulated in the Georgia Guidestones. Look that up if you haven't already. The Georgia Guidestones. They plant them. They put the evidence. They put the truth in front of your face. The Georgia Guidestones show you this. Their entire strategy is articulated within those stones. If you want something to last forever, you engrave it in stone because those Georgia Guidestones will be around for many, many thousands and thousands of years. So the next age will also have that message, and people will say, well, that's just a myth because 2,000 years from now it will just be a myth. 
but it's not a myth and the collapse of the the calamities that come that take place during the cross of the ages as i've been speaking of will take place so long answer to the money thing but i believe that that's probably a concern for many folks um, that's why I say that for the time being that establishing a sanctuary, a refuge where you have the protection as a church, that taking care of yourself and living off the land is about the only place you're going to be able to do that. And yes, that might even be very, very difficult. But being in places even to survive the, the physical calamities of this earth, tsunamis, the, the, the droughts, the pestilence, all of these things. Those are going to have to be specific locations, and those are granted by the Father. Where he asks you to stand, you stand. If you have to die for this, so be it, because you're going to realize that death really isn't anything. That's why it says the second death will not impact you. Once you understand this and you've come to those truths, you're going to, uh, you're going to look forward to that. I, uh, I, joking, I joke around, but not really joking, saying I'm going to draw a dotted line on my neck. Um, unfortunately, I think that they'll come and get me much sooner than uh, waiting for that time. They'll they'll probably come and grab me uh, sooner than that because in their mind, just like in the prison, if you are in prison and you are rounding up the prisoners as a rebellion against the prison, they're going to take the person and they're going to execute the person that is rounding up the prisoners for a rebellion against the prison. So just keep that in mind. If anything happens to me um, as as things grow – then you'll know what that ha- you'll know what happens, and you'll know that it happened with a smile on my face. In fact, in that case, I've already prepared videos just for you, so you can hear exactly what I have to say now that I'm gone. And that does, that sounds a little morbid, but trust me, it's not, and it's very necessary. These things happen. Um, it's happened before; it'll happen again. So I fully understand when it says the testimony of. Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy, and I've seen it take place time and time again and been shown over and over how profound and how prophetic and how accurate the scripture is with regards to Yeshua and his body, us, just as he says, these things do happen. So I'm going to go to calls. There's uh, a lot waiting. Um, So I'm going to go to the one that's been on longest, 865-680. You're on the air. Hey, it's good hey. to hear your yeah, speak to you. Um, What's your name? I'm, I'm Jobella. 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 Good to yeah. meet you, Jobella. Yeah, um, thank you. Um, I'm the one that has suffered with um, the illness, attack, what you would never call poor Gellin. Yes. Um, and I had some questions about the illness. Um, in ways, it put me in a position like a lot of the disciples that were in prison. I was attacked and forced into what I um, can say similar to you, just an ongoing search now, um, obsessive almost, which I'm grateful for. So if it took that, you know, whatever. But um, so my questions with the illness is possibly Job um, had more gallons, you think? Possibly, you know, he... He was definitely attacked um, with sores, and I didn't uh-huh. know maybe could that be a, a possible first case of this illness, of this type of attack. Um, that's where Joe Bella came from, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, got it. And <laughs> yeah, and so, um, and also, I I don't know if it's a mark. I feel like I've been marked because of this. In fact, I'm I'm out of the major part of the illness. I mean, you know, come by far uh, 
you know, anyway, so regardless, um, is this a mark of some sort? And if so, would it be, I hope I never took, like, unknowingly took a mark of a beast that I didn't know? Or is no, this the way God is yeah. marking me? Or am I no, it's Nephilim? I mean, I've had crazy yeah. thoughts. What's going on? No, no, <laughs> I, I fully understand. You know, many people don't know what uh, Morgellons is. Um, it comes in different forms, right? So I don't know what form you have, but uh, uh, essentially that are... Um, it is uh, live, essentially. It is. Uh, it, I wouldn't even call it a bacteria, but um, many, many times it uh, comes out of your body like a hair, looks like a hair. You pull that out and you discover that that hair is live. It's alive. You can literally put it on the table and it moves. Um, so wow. you have uh, they. It is. It is astonishingly terrifying. Now I'm going to tell mm. you, Jobella. Uh, that there is solutions to this. Um, first of all, anything like this is an attack right now of the B system. Everything that has taken place, you're finding that people being targeted with, uh, you know, with different technologies and things, that prayer is, has been shown to be the most profound uh, uh, cure for these things. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you from a physical standpoint, you know, these are uh, – the Father has provided everything for us. Everything already. And something that you probably wouldn't think to use, you can use. When you have filtration in pools, right, uh, you'll see that they, you put a powder in your filter in your pool. That, that powder is actually earth. It's called diatomaceous earth. And that diatomaceous earth, what that is, is if you look at it under a microscope, it is basically coral, shells and coral, seashells and coral, ancient, literally, literally hundreds of thousands of years old, microscopic coral. And of course, you know that coral is incredibly sharp and has very, very sharp edges. If you ever you know, run a boat over coral, it'll just tear the bottom of the boat to pieces. So with that said, this coral being, being um, uh, ancient in origins, that white powder that you put into your pool pump, there is food-grade versions of that. And it's called diatomaceous earth. Diatomaceous earth. Now you look that up because it's not expensive. It, because it's literally just this earth. It's powder, and you can mix that with your food. Mix a teaspoon with your food. And I'll tell you what how this works. Is you take diatomaceous earth. You can put it in your garden. You can put it anywhere. The reason why it goes into uh, into into pumps into the fuel pump. It's not because it filters the water. It's that when the bacteria goes through the the soil. This diatomaceous earth that's in now the filter, it kills the bacteria because it literally slices it to pieces. Microscopically, it slices it into chunks. So the bacteria dies, and then when it dies, it just becomes like diatomaceous earth too. It just becomes part of that earth. Um, it doesn't stay alive. Now, if you take diatomaceous earth and you sprinkled it on ants, ants' entire body, they don't drink water because... They're, all of the moisture is locked within the shell of their system. Insects, all of insects. So when you're trying to get rid of you know, nasty insects in the garden, you put this diatomaceous earth because it sticks to the waxy portions of their body. And then when they move in the tight little joints that they have in their, in their little armor, it slices their armor, and you'll see it take place. It'll slice their armor, and then they literally evaporate inside. So the liquid inside of them evaporates because it's a closed system. Once you open up their system, then it exposes to the elements and they die from it. 
and so it's a natural way for them to uh, natural way for you to get rid of them without pesticides and um, and to and to regulate the amount of them that, that we have. So the same thing takes place in your body that this diatomaceous earth goes through and it finds all of the bad bacteria, all of that, and it wipes it out. And it can't withstand this, so you keep this in your food. And it's, it doesn't taste like anything, so it's not like you have to plug your nose or anything. But it is truly astonishing, and it's good for anybody to have, um, to clean out your digestion tract, the things that you have growing in you. You have no idea how polluted this world has become and what, you know, what our bodies actually have in us. To be able to clean out this body is the most important thing you can do. And now, now I'm not going to preach to you about doing this because uh, you know, I work so much and, and – and, from coffee and, and occasional Red Bulls. And uh, believe me, I'm, I'm not the person to be talking about your health. I, but I do love the, the health aspects of everything. And I, when, I, when I can focus on that, I do. Right now, I'm focused on this, so it's, it's, not, so, well, it's not so convenient for me. But I, but I do well, have diatomaceous earth, and, and I do do those things. We, we definitely, in our community, have, have uh, experimented with that, even putting it on our open stores as well as... Uh-huh digesting it, which I think people have had great success, some have. It's funny, it's, there's no one regimen for any success story. Um, for me, silver yeah. helps. Um, Colloidal silver? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. I died, yeah. Um, and I was, uh, I spent most of my time praying and on my knees and, and uh, doing lots of different salt baths and, and blessing my water and it's because you also create a film and crystals. Some people have crystals, myself, hexagons that come out of our skin, out of our pores. You can see yeah. the stuff under the microscope, and you don't know if yeah. it's getting sprayed on you. Is it coming in or out of you? Is it on top of your... Why And how do I feel it and other people don't? Um, so I understand the, dimen- the dimensions. Sure. Yeah, the, the, the different dimensions are coming into one. So imagine that mm. the, you know the enemy uh, when they can do more they they have more power as we uh, as we this continues to cross. So with the people that until you've fully understood how this works and you know how to protect yourself the armor that the armor of God as it's spoken of right when you understand how to protect yourself um, you become vulnerable to to these types of attacks because this dimension the the demonic aspects of the the battles that the word speaks of that we battle these principalities. Um, the things, the unseen. Yeah, you're battling the unseen, not just in their tactics, not just because they lie so well and, and covertly do these things, but you're battling the unseen, the spiritual. Most of most of Scripture is about a spiritual war that is so, if you could see it, you would understand what a massive war has taken place. But you can't see it. Um, and if you could see it, you would react to it. But with that said, right. they have, as as this age comes closer, they have a greater ability to attack you with that. I want to, uh, uh, Joe Bella, thank you for the, the question. I want to be able to thank get you. to some others because two, right. two hours goes thank really you. fast. Thank you I so much. You. I appreciate Bless it. You. Oh. Okay. So I'm going to go to the next caller, and that is going to be, uh, let me see, 517-974. That wasn't the same one, was it? No, 517-974. You're on the yeah, air. Hey, Derek, how you doing? Good. How's who's this? This is Eric, not Derek. No D. Eric, not Derek. Very good to meet you, Eric. Yeah. So two questions I've had for you. Um, first okay. one: the cyclic through the universe narrow is the gate. 
am I hearing you right in that there might be like, uh, you know, if you get to the end when you're standing there and you realize you're not good enough to stand there with him and you're going to jump back into this fire, is it like a reset? Get to go through it again? Yeah. Yes. That's essentially, okay. you know, that how you, how you look at this is, um, you know, when this is why it's so difficult to, to have this discussion without people attacking you as saying, oh, you're a Luciferian, right? Um, understand that the Luciferians know how this operates because they work for Lucifer. Lucifer knows how this operates, right? They, they, they follow and they go, well, you're not telling the truth. No, I'm telling you the truth. So this is Lucifer. This is how you actually understand and how you read the scriptures well. You have to understand what Luciferianism is because once you understand what it is, you begin to see its entire strategy, and you can be you can reveal what is taking place in the Word and what that is. So the the essentially, if you're going to others will call it other religions call it karma, right? Whatever whatever religion calls it, one calls it sin, one calls it karma. Whatever you have that you haven't dealt with, that once you recognize the Father, essentially, you're not going to to go through because. You, you'll be exposed to it, and it's kind of like you, you're, you, your consciousness is fully open and fully aware. So imagine this, as if you knew that you had some awful, deadly, deadly disease, and that it was incredibly contagious. Um, you would look in, once your consciousness is completely open, you would look into a room and see a thousand of everybody that you love. You love them all so much, but you have this deadly, deadly disease. Would you go in there and infect all of those people? Right. So when, uh, when, you, when you think about Satan and what this honing process is, what I'm hearing you describe it as, which makes sense uh, to me from past ideas and things like that, is, is, it, is it so much of a bad thing? I know it's terrible. It's painful. It's horrible. Who would want to do it again? But you're right. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna disease infest everybody else when you realize what's going on. Yeah. Where where do you where do you end up, right? And the the point is is that where do you end up and the pain of the separation because the the reality of before that is a repeat, you're going to endure um, uh, an unbelievable amount of separation. Imagine just I mean it's difficult enough leaving your family for a month or losing family members. Imagine imagine losing them. Um, the feeling of losing them, particularly when your consciousness is entirely open. Imagine the pain, the, the weeping and the gnashing of teeth is literally the description because that, it, that's profound. You've got to really think about that statement that today you lose a family member. Yes, you weep and you wail, but the weeping and the gnashing of teeth is that you are so disgusted with what you didn't leave behind because now you recognize how absolutely pointless it is the realization of the weight and the gravity of the things that you maintained and you held on to is going to be a weight that is so awful i don't want to endure that and then repeating this misery we're coming back to this place where are you going to end up who are you going to be yeah, if you no carry thanks. to hold your karma what do you no thanks man you can have that um i'm exiting okay cool stage left i'm done <laughs> Copy, copy, got that. And the last and final one was uh, just for confirmation in terms of my reading and how I'm reading and perceiving the scriptures and the perspective I'm coming from. I guess it's more of a confirmation, but also curiosity. I just happened to read Joshua the other day, 
you know, and the ridiculousness of uh, everything that's going on there and how that's kept me from considering scripture in the past because it's like, what the heck's going on here? God, God of this earth. It makes more sense now. I get that. Um, but in regards yep. to like the, uh, the I don't even know if I'm saying it right, the Gideonites or whatever, the Gideonites uh, thing in there where they're, yep. uh, you know, taking these slaves and woodcutters. I mean, what's the deal there? Is that something relating to like African-Americans, Native Americans, all the slaughtering? Is that is that what that's about or what's the deal? Yes. Well, think about this. And this, remember, as I've spoken of many times before, um, where I, I say, do not judge a people because you know, when, when the Father says in, in scriptures, when it says that um, if man exalts it, I despise it, uh, that means that also if man uh, despises it, I exalt it. Because as above, so below, on earth as it is in heaven, Yeshua is saying, truly, truly, I say unto you, meaning true backwards, true forwards, so the inverse of these things. right? So the, the Father doesn't make a statement where the inverse of it isn't true, right? There's nothing vague about that. So that means that if man says it's bad and has treated it poorly, then why are they doing that? Just like I've expressed to many of you out there that says, if you're being attacked, and you know, even when you're doing good in this world, even when you try to do a good job and everything, and out of the blue, you're just being wiped out every single time, that's because you're a threat. You're a threat to their system. You don't know who you are, but the enemy knows who you are because underneath this suit that you have, he wants to make sure that you don't ever recognize who you are because that's part of the body. His job is to refine the body. His job is to refine the people. That's why he's the cross. That's why he represents the cross in the book of Job, right? He is the cross. His job, he does it great. There's a relationship there. Believe me, the fallen one. When, when people say, well, why did, you know, why did the Father allow the fallen one to happen? Because he needed it. He needs the enemy to be able to show his good, and he needs the enemy to be able to refine his people and refine his children so when they do come to his side, they're clean. They, they have, once that sin is introduced, they have to be refined, and they're not going to know how amazing Father is until they have the contrast of absolute evil being here. We've grown to accept this evil. So when you talk about these people and the slaves, you think about what took place with the slaves. You think about what, what this world justifies today and erases in history the atrocities of people the, the, and, and what you have today. You've got young black males killing each other in this country at such an alarming rate that if it continues for the next 20 years, the black male will be extinct, literally. It's so alarming that you go, why does the beast system allow that? Why does it want it to happen? Who is the black male? What are they? What do they represent? Who are the Latinos in South America? Which portions of the tribes of the lost tribes are they? Who are the indigenous people? This is where I, going through these scriptures, you have to bring these things up. Who are the people that are literally in starvation and have been, and their country is desolate and laid waste, but yet they're the only ones that maintained the scriptures and the teachings of Christ and maintained the book of Enoch in Ethiopia all of these years. So when it says the meek shall inherit the earth, well, guess what, folks? These are the meek. These are the ones that have been wiped out. So you kind of want to be with the meek if they're the ones that inherit things, right? So if you're going to have right a portion of a thousand years, right, you better figure out who these people are and start being shoulder to shoulder with them. And, and number one, repenting your head off 
because what we've done to do to these people is astonishing that we accept it and we justify it and we justify it by scriptures because, hey, you know, the God in the Old Testament wiped people out, too, because they were evil. Oh, they're just a bunch of drug addicts and they're this. When somebody says to me, you know, oh, the Indian tribes, they're nasty people. They're awful. They kill each other and they're just a bunch of drunks and running casinos and everything. How do you think they became like that? How do you think that happened? Yes, sir. So I'm going to go to the next caller, uh, area code 607-372. Hey, what's your name? Hello? 607-372. Hello? Who is this? Michael. Michael. Good to meet yeah. you, Michael. How are you doing? Good. To good. Meet you, Derek. good. And, uh, I appreciate. I don't have any question. I am listening, and I'm learning oh, a lot. And I appreciate you. I'm, I appreciate your uh, everything what you do in light uh, the chosen one. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, listening. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michael. I love having you on the show, uh, and appreciate you joining. Thank you. So going to 520 You're on the air. What's your name? Yes, Hello? Uh, my, name, my name is Chuck. Chuck, you, you have me? a question? Yes. Uh, yeah, Derek, um, first let me just say I, I really am really thankful that um, I found uh, your – basically I found your um, uh, YouTube channel and um, – I am 60 years old. I'm I'm really feeling like uh, the guy who woke up out of the matrix. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, you you talk about a lot of times about people who struggle with, you know, coming to the awakening. And um, I I have thought <laughs> that I was um, in what they call mainland, you know, mainstream Christianity, and I, I really thought that, um, you know, I was on the right path, but uh, there was always a nag in me, and um, mm-hmm. anyway, um, I'm realizing now just exactly um, what the, what is really happening. So with all of that said, um, you know, I... I've always had this thing where Jesus said, Yeshua, yes. my sheep will hear my voice. And, um, you know, at times I thought I did, but maybe it wasn't. Um, I, I guess I guess my question would be, he said he would send a helper, and he is, he is um, revealing himself more and more to me. And I'm really... Um, learning a lot and I'm in the scripture now and I mean it's just I'm just so hungry um, and I, I just know that he has something for me but my question would be I guess how how do you determine who, who is the helper I mean you know how do you know you have it you know what I'm saying? If you, am I making sense I, I hope I am yes you, you, <laughs> you are I, the best way I can describe t- you is as in everything else I've spoken of that everything in scripture 
um, that has been translated as singular, right? Even the, even the story of Judas, as I described earlier, being singular, when Judas and the story of Judas represents what happened to the people preaching um, and re- it represents a condition of man. So it's not just a single guy. You know, we, we always want to point our finger at somebody else and say they did that when, when it's really you got to you got to. It's all of us. We're all responsible for this. Every single one of us. We allow these things to take place. We've allowed us to get this far away. We've we bought into the system. We bought into the B system. We we supported it. We voted for it. We did that. I mean, all of this. So, um, and so the helper is the same thing. The helper being the Holy Spirit that speaks to you. The Holy Spirit being the voice of God. Because basically, God's not going to come down and talk to you. God is spirit. And and basically, I can tell you this much: that there is there is a difference when the uh, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and when the Father is speaking to you. Because when the Father speaks to you, you literally can't stand; it, it, it weakens you. And when the Holy Spirit speaking to you, as described as as uh, uh, Sophia, right? It's it's so gentle, so caring, so loving, and so uh, just such a, a sweetness to it that that it's it. It really understands where you're at. So these aren't these aren't mine. So you could say somebody's called me. They've said, you know, you're the helper. I go, no, the helper speaks to me. I speak to you. I I I hear what the father says to me. I hear what the helper says to me, and I know the difference. I mean, I've I've paid such close attention that I know the difference of when the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, and I know the difference when the Father's speaking to me, particularly because of how I feel, right? So physically, I mean, I've literally been flat on my face, couldn't get up. You know, when it says their, water, their bones were made like water, I get it. Um, so uh, when, the, when the Spirit speaks to you, but see, the thing is, is that it requires you, um, the more you shed, the more you can hear the Holy Spirit, the more you can hear the helper. It's that we've, yeah. we've spent so much time in our own thought that we rely on our own thought. Like when people, when I see people comment and they go, you know, well, I, you know, I discern and I judge and I, I, it's like, you know, you, you can't, you're too, you can't trust your own mind. That's what taking your thought captive is. It is such a, uh, such a difficult thing to achieve at first. And once you achieve it, once you get there and you literally start ignoring every single thought you have and you let the thought be established in you, the second, the first time a thought is established inside your mind that you didn't do, you know that's the Holy Spirit. You know it instantly because you're like, I'm not, I wasn't thinking about that at all. It never came up. I was seeking an answer to it and the answer comes and it literally was sweet and just moved my body and I everything in my body resonated that it was truth. And so just like when you hear the truth spoken, that you know the difference. And then you even take that because once you've digested that thought, the thing that you've heard, then you compare that against the attributes of the Father and say, where does that lead? So you begin to, uh, to, to, uh, uh, to try to put it back on the Holy Spirit and say, can you confirm that to me? And you'll see a confirmation. And that confirmation can come in any way. That's why you start looking at graffiti on the walls. You start looking at a license plate yes. and the numbers. Yes. You start looking everywhere because this is a – you have to understand that this is a prison. It's kind of like if you tried to get a message to a prisoner today in a prison, right? I've been there, so I know. Somebody trying to get a message to me that doesn't go through the system and not to not let the prison 
know, right? Every phone call is recorded. They're listening to every single phone call. If if it's something that, you know, they're trying to get you a message and you don't want anybody to know, it's not easy. Believe me, your people are writing little things on kites. A person has a visit, gets handed to one person. This kite, this little tiny piece of paper has gone through, you know, 150 different hands before it finally makes it to you. And you're like, wow, that person got that message to me. It took a week and a half, but I finally got it. Well, imagine the Holy Spirit trying to penetrate the walls of the enemy is the same thing. So you want to make sure that you're standing in the right place and that you happen to bump into that guy that might have that kite for you, right? So it's the same yes. thing that you really – you begin to take on this entirely new understanding. And quite honestly, it becomes so beautiful that when it happens, you realize how much – once you start to see the spirit move and to orchestrate things, you, it's, it's like the greatest adventure you've ever been on in your life. And so the great part about it is, is that you know, you've, seen, you've seen movies. There isn't a movie that holds a candle to the excitement when the Spirit is moving in you. Not a, not a, it doesn't hold a candle to it. It is so amazing to be a part of that you just you begin to recognize it, and you're just giddy all the time. That's why you know, I only mourn for people's sadness because I've accepted that. But for, the most, but for the most part, if I'm not hearing the sadness of the world and trying to deal with these things, I'm the happiest. I'm, I'm outside by myself dancing. You know, I, 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 I live. There is nothing boring about this. Well, you know, let, let, me, let me say that when I first heard your video, it, it was uh, – it, it was – very hard to comprehend, uh, almost like unbelievable what you were saying, because, you know, with me, again, I, I don't even want to say that word me, but when you become awake to the world around you, like just the things that are happening in the world, that's one thing. I mean, but to become awake spiritually and realizing that, wow, the, th the things that you thought was real it's not real. It's it's just you know. And so, layer by layer, you've been just the words you've been saying, and just the, the videos. It's a gradual process for me, and I, I thank God. Probably, if He did it all at one time, I, I don't think I'd be able to handle it. But I just want to say that He is peeling away the onions in me, and and I am thankful for that, and I'm thankful for your what you're doing and 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 I just want to just say thank you because there are probably many like me out there that are probably freaking out at first you know it's like a you know it, it's hard to put into words it's hard to articulate the best way I can describe it is I've lived in a cave my whole life you know and and then you're born in the cave and you think that that's the normal way and then all of a sudden the miners, the rescuers are coming and they're chipping away and you see a light and you're like, there's the outside, but that's the real world. That's the way yeah. I can explain it in my <laughs> words. And I just want to say thank you. And, you know, um, I, I pray for you and I pray that, you know, just, I just want to say thank you. That's all I can say. <laughs> I get a little oh, emotional. Well, I appreciate I'm sorry. <laughs> No, yeah, Chuck, but, uh, I, I get it. I, I fully get it. Um, uh, because I, uh, that the emotion that you feel, I felt in receiving this. So in order, 
it, it, it's I fully grasp it and I understand it and I appreciate the thanks. Obviously, the thanks uh, I just give right back to the Father every single time because um, I, I couldn't do this. I'm not this smart, folks. I'm really not. This is this is what I mean that when you know when they when they talked about you know when the the apostles were would speak they would say where did they get this where where is their learning it's given to you it, it's astonishing where it comes from and so I I can never take credit for something that isn't mine I can only give credit do I yes and uh, Derek I I just I'm going to go now that we need to do that. The programs, uh, there's others waiting, but, uh, you know, again, thank you, and, and God bless, and um, uh, I'll just uh, keep praying for you and everyone out there. Thank you. I appreciate that, Chuck. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm going to go to some questions here that are on Facebook, because I can probably answer many of these quick. Um, uh, let me just look here. So, um, should we keep the Sabbath? Okay, so... Uh, keeping the Sabbath, understand that the Father doesn't care about things that don't matter. And the things that are, have been established within the world are about getting you to comply and getting you used to complying with a system, with an order, with a tradition. There is very little that is traditional about the Father except the way that he operates and as far as timing, as far as um, the age and what's going to happen and how you react. Understanding that Father, you honor the Father and the Father honors you. There is every single day is the Sabbath. Every single day is the Sabbath. The Sabbath being established by, obviously by the Jews saying uh, the Sabbath is Saturday. Okay, Saturday, Saturday is, um, comes from Saturn. Okay, so again, you're going to find ancient pagan rituals established in all of it saturn sun being the sun god Ra, sunday all of the days of the weeks your decks of cards everything in this world harkens back to the um to the fallen angels the gods that were worshipped by the people the father is the father if you want to be free of slavery then you be free of slavery and you honor the father every day is the sabbath um but Understand that you can pick a day and you should pick a day because being too consumed with the work, the one thing is the Father loves you and he doesn't want you to be a slave, not even to yourself and not to him. He doesn't want you to be a slave for him. That's the whole point. You're his child. He wants you to be free. He's begging for you to accept freedom. So, But he, but he wants you to also enjoy and rest. We have a very difficult time in this world of being quiet. I was just having this conversation with the with an amazing young lady um, yesterday, that we have a very difficult time being quiet. Uh, you know, to be able to be with your spouse and just be quiet and be together, to not have to say anything, that is the most intimate thing you can do, is to be able to just hold hands, snuggle, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, and just let your spirits talk to each other. Close your mouths. Take a rest from everything. Take a rest from talking. Take a rest from TV. Take a, first of all, you should throw your, your TV away. It's pointless. Um, uh, when, when it says hold fast to what you have, for those of you that once you obtain you know, this, this next understanding, when it says hold fast to what you ha have, let someone take your crown. 
Holding fast is fasting. So it's talking about not eating. But what it's talking about, hold fast to what you have. Don't eat food that can corrupt. So fast from it. Hold your fast. Make it a permanent fast. Don't take in what, is, what can corrupt you, where you can all of a sudden be concerned about what North Korea is doing. It's irrelevant. Your concern and your anxiety for that is a pointless exercise because it's going to happen the way it's going to happen. The illusion is to keep you within that matrix, to keep you thinking that you have some involvement. All of these things are designed to keep you in touch with the system, to make you feel like that you're involved in it, to make you feel like that you have an impact in it. The greatest impact you can have on it is releasing your consciousness from that, obtaining your consciousness in the Father, and becoming part of the body, and collectively, literally collectively speaking against that in love, that that isn't going to happen. Because where you have a mustard seed of faith, and you can say to that mountain, if we had just 100,000 people, let's say 144,000 people, that are of one mind, of one accord, that are fully, fully, fully in Christ, their consciousness level with love can take down anything, anything. Their consciousness level against any weapon forms against, formed against them will be wiped out because the illusion of the matrix is controlled by the minds of the people. So as long as you believe it exists, the belief in something is what makes it exist, just like the false currency, just like the thing that you eat and use. Currency is you are what you eat, you've heard. Your, when, when the lie of the dollar becomes your lie in your life and how you live, you become it. That's why it's backed by the full faith and credit. When you have faith in the dollar, you establish its value. The only reason it has value is because you believe it has value. And the indicator from the financial markets is that when you spend it, that gives that's the indicator that they use that says, hey, see, they believe in it because they're using it. That's why there's the serial number or the blockchain, so to speak, on the dollar where they can track that and know that it's being spent so they can evaluate the belief system. Same thing with cryptocurrencies and all of that. So um, make every day your Sabbath. That's what I would say. That's where, that's where the, the commandment would stay with the Father, except make, uh, like I said, Take your day of rest. Make sure that you have that. Be with the Father and be with those that you love. Be in the Spirit. Uh, take a break from talking. It's good. Um, so somebody asked, uh, next question, should we be reading the Bible uh, front to back or studying certain books? Uh, there, the reason why the word says precept upon precept, a little bit here, a little bit there. The enemy has done a good job. If, if you could read the word and you could grasp it from reading it front to back, then, um, then he's definitely going to distort that. The other thing is, is that in order knowing the people that wrote and the prophets that spoke, and just like, uh, just like Yeshua, just like the writers, just like John, they wrote it cryptographically to protect it from the, from the misery of the enemy so you could get it. It's always going to be a little bit here, a little bit there. I would ask you to let the Spirit lead you. Um, let the spirit lead you and, and literally you're going to find the things, but I would, I would focus on first. I would just take the book of John. I would focus on the book of John first and, um, and, and make it a practice because understanding how things operate within the scriptures and how they, uh, just with the exercises I told you about how to re read it, read it like you wrote it, read it like you wrote it for somebody else, read it like it was written for, from that person to you, Read it as though God wrote it directly to you and is sending it to you, and, and try the different angles of the situation. Um, 
and then you're gonna you'll find the meaning in it because it is the living word for a reason. It is a program that is just beautifully crafted. And um, so, but start there because that's going to teach you how to read it. But if you want to know what's going on, you want to hear the truth about the word, then study the, go from reading the book of John and then begin reading all the prophets. Um, Don't just stick to the major prophets, go to the minor prophets, right? Because uh, you've heard many times that the Old Testament is Christ concealed and that the New Testament is Christ revealed. That is true, that, that Christ in concealment in the, uh, in the Old Testament, that's the whole point, that God has been concealed with it. You don't even know who he is because so much of the enemy is that. So remove the names, remove the things. When you see Lord God, Lord of hosts, God of gods, Lord of lords, all of these things, remove the names. And then when you're reading the scripture, you begin to see the actions and the attributes of what took place and why it took place. And then you're going to understand which one is actually the father. And you're going to find that most of that isn't the father, but the prophets are the ones that speak of the father most heavily. And you're also going to find that when you're reading even somebody like Moses, who was good, but you're going to find where he becomes corrupt. You're going to read David, who was good, and you're going to read where he becomes corrupt. And you're going to read Solomon who is good, and you're going to read where he becomes corrupt, because they are men, just like we are men. You can't deify them no more than you can deify anybody else, right? So they have, those are stories that shows how they can actually be corrupt. You got David that counted the people, and and God was furious, okay? So that God that's furious that David counted the people is definitely not the enemy, because the enemy loves counting the people. That's what he does, because he wants to tax them and make them slaves, that's the whole point. The God was furious at counting that. And so David was first a man after God's own heart, and then David turned, and something happened. Because David's been sleeping with women he shouldn't be, and, and Solomon, the same thing, concubines and all of this, and, and, and loves the lavish luxury that he has in building temples, and, you know, these false temples, all of this. So you can read the corruption and understand that the Father... Everything the Father is, is about your spiritual connection to him. He could care less about what a building looks like on this planet. The last thing he wants you to do is try to build any image that reflects him because he cannot be reflected in any image, any building, any coin, anything. You cannot give him a name. That's why he's, his name is ineffable. You can't even say his name because any name would diminish who he is. I hope that helps. Um, so uh, let me go to let me see other questions here. Uh, while on hold, you can hear the broadcast. Yes, you can. Uh, let's see. Does the Father heal today? If yes, how does one receive it? Yes, the Father heals today. He heals through you. Keep in mind that your your mind, even though you're in this flesh, but your mind is incredibly powerful. The placebo effect, as noted, even in and even squashed many times. They try not to publish the placebo effect too much. But the placebo effect is that when people believe that something is going to help them, uh, it works just as much as the actual drug, sometimes more. So the placebo effect is real, and that's faith. So even in your weakened state of spiritual faith, that shows you right then and there that, that even when you don't, aren't one in Christ, that your mind and that your belief in something is incredibly powerful. That's why when someone came up and touched the robe of, 
of Yeshua, they believed they would be healed if they did. That was the healing factor. And that's precisely why Yeshua didn't even take credit for the healing. He would say, your faith has made you well. Your faith. So it's about establishing the faith in you and knowing that your brain, your mind, one cell of your brain and one little tiny map of the DNA built your entire body, every single piece of it. So imagine that your mind can rebuild it again, fix it again, and do whatever it wants. It can completely remake something. I have seen healings take place where people's bones, that where they had loss of bone, literally be grown back. I've seen healings take place that are so staggering because of the belief system of the people that were being healed. They believed that person could heal them, and that's why where two or more are gathered, I am there in their midst that sometimes that healing, it's always easier for us in this that because we have, such, um, we have such self-esteem issues when it comes to spiritual self-esteem. We have such faith issues. It's easier for us sometimes to have faith in someone else and that their faith, their, your faith in them is so much more powerful than your faith in yourself. But that's precisely why Christ said, physician, heal yourself. But at the same time, he would say, by your faith, you're healed, because he wanted to honor that. If you believe in him, that's why he would even ask, do you believe that this can be, do you believe that I can heal you? He would ask the question. They'd say, I need, to, I need to be healed. Do you believe you could be healed? Yes. Well, then by your faith, let it be done. So because you believe, he would touch you and he would do that. So by no means, if I ever prayed for somebody and I say, you know, by your faith, let it be done. I'm not taking credit for that in the same way because I can't heal you, but you can. But if your faith in me means that I, that I can help you have that faith, faith, well, then so be it. The Father doesn't care where the healing comes from because it's all from you, and you're his child. So, um, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, so are the ancient uh, Vedic texts of India and yoga really an evil thing as claimed by Christians? Um, no. Uh, if if they call something evil, then you have to be weary of it. If the world says collectively, if a religion calls any other religion. So again, pay attention to the attributes here. That the Father, if you could imagine the Father being all love, would, would the Father say they're evil? The Father doesn't even call the Luciferians evil. Even they can be saved. Even I love them. That's how loving the Father is. I love them. And in some ways, the amazing thing is, is that this process, you actually have to find in all of this, you can be angry, right? I can be, I can be angry at the enemy and what he does because of the effect of, of, of it on the people that I see. But I have compassion even for the enemy. I feel sorry even for him. And that's when you know you're really in Christ, when you can feel compassion for somebody that is so evil, that it just devastates you. You're like, wow, I, I, I totally get the Father. He is really absent of hate. Because if you, can, if you can find compassion for the most evil of this world, and you can go, even they can be saved. And if they can be saved and they can turn from their wicked ways, they would be healed. And I would love them and accept them just the same. If Lucifer came up, knocked on my door today, and, and said, I'm going to repent, and he did, and he really, really did, I'd accept him. I'd accept anybody. Because the Father's bigger than even he. So, the meek shall inherit the earth. Yes, this is a statement. I love this. And you just have to be uh, wonder who the meek are. The meek are the, are the humiliated, the humble, the ones that the world has chewed up and spit out. So, uh, 
what about Yeshua having a glorified body in the next life and us as well? Okay, so when just as I've been talking about healing yourself, imagine right now, let's let's kind of gauge this on a percentage basis. If I could say being 100% conscious or from a percentage standpoint, when you reach a level of consciousness where you can utilize and you do utilize the vast majority of your brain, everything in your body will change because matter, which your body is, is converted by thought. So um, by us, by everything on this earth, we actually dictate, just like science has proven today that that uh, matter doesn't exist until it is observed. So the observation being us, that we are, that's why you're made in the image of the Father. You're made in the image. Your thought is unbelievably powerful when you believe in it. So this glorified body is one that when you can control this matter, you're probably going to, to make some adjustments. And who you are will be reflected in it because as you become far more conscious as to who you are and you no longer believe that you are this slave in this meat suit well this meat suit is going to take on an entirely different look feel texture everything it's going to become far more spiritual and absolutely impenetrable because who you really are isn't this so that will manifest itself and that's what that is that's that rising um this this world is passing away and the next stage of this for a period of time will be absolute perfection when the when the removal of all of the evil of this world um has been established everything will be different everything because the thought because the consciousness level of the people the consciousness level of father's children will be that of his so you will truly now see everything and everything will change to reflect precisely the way it is intended to be seen Trees will be much different. They'll be far more beautiful and probably a lot bigger. So uh, let me see if there's any questions. Let me go back to the callers now. I'm going to go to uh, area code 727-822-4539. Hello? Yes. Um, hi, my name's Karen. Oh. Um, uh, glad to speak with you, Derek. I love your videos. <laughs> Um, I have a question. Uh, I, I love what you said about drug addicts, that uh, the, the saying, once you're a drug addict, you're always a drug addict, because I, I, I don't believe that. Um, I, I believe what you say that, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. <laughs> I believe that because I have had addiction problems in the past, but I do believe that I'm a different person. My brain is completely different, that I'm not wired to be that way always. And I had a question. Do you know anything about methadone? Um, I do. I know plenty of people and seen the. Um, uh, I've seen the results of methadone. Uh, it's not very good. No. Well, I've I've been on it and coming off of it. I'm on a very mm -hmm. low dose. I'm down to 25 milligrams. I'm coming off uh, one milligram every two weeks trying to get completely off of it. My my question mm -hmm. would be, if you still have that in your system, it's it's not something you get high from. Uh, it's something I'm, ta I'm taking it legally um, from a clinic. 
for yeah. an addiction I had. Um, I, I haven't used drugs in many, many, many years. I don't need to be on it. So, But you have to come off of it slow because your body's addicted to it. My question is, mm-hmm. can I still have the Holy Spirit in me while I'm, I'm, I'm coming off of that? Yes, yes. I mean, the, the, there is no limit to the power of, of you know, the Holy Spirit. Um, the, really where it comes to is, is it's really about you. So if you believe, again, belief is so important. When you read the New Testament, you're going you're gonna to read that word in a very different way. True belief, when you really believe something takes place, is the most profound thing. So if, if just like you know, your body being addicted, if you mm-hmm. believe that you are completely healed of it, you can throw those away. Your body, yeah, you, you, might have, you might first doubt. So the doubt is, that's why let it, by your faith, let it be so. So mm. it becomes an act of faith, right? That how much you believe yes. in something. And sometimes you've got to challenge that. Go, no, you know what? I'm healed. Literally, you're, you're reprogramming yourself. So that's why the repeating of okay. something. If you've ever heard of people curing themselves of cancer, a yes, perfect I example have. of yeah, a perfect example of this is I've gone through this, all right? So I coughed out, I coughed cancer right out of my lungs, big chunk, literally. So I know how this functions. Um, but if you've heard other ways that people, outside of the Spirit of God, because we're made in His image, so even aside from being paying attention to the Father, you, you're, going to, um, you're going to experience, and you're going to have witness healing uh, in multiple ways. There was a man that he had cancer, um, he had terminal cancer. And basically, he um, he spent his whole day, every single day, he spent like he instead of going to work because he was sick, so he was no longer working. He spent the eight hours of the day that he ordinarily would have been at work, literally meditating, and he was meditating on a bunny rabbit that would uh, that would bounce around a yard filled with cancer carrots. Wow. And all he did was meditate on this bunny eating these cancer carrots, and literally cured himself of the cancer by meditating on that. Those are the types of things. And cured himself of a terminal cancer where they gave him six weeks to live. And he was like, uh, I don't believe you. Right? So when I first, <laughs> yeah, when I, when I first got sick and, and first went to a doctor, um, and the doctor looked at me with this really awful look like, uh, you know, he was going to give me this diagnosis. And uh, this is before I was complete. I was going through this transition. And I looked at him. And I let him know right away because, see, like I said, our word is powerful and it impacts us. And the mere fact that this guy was about to tell me that I was going to have something terminal and I could see it in his face, I pointed at him and I said, if you tell me that I'm going to die, I'll jump over this desk and I'll take you out. And he shut up. He didn't say anything. I said, if you don't have anything to say that's positive, then I'm not going to hear it at all. Do you got it? Yeah. And he just nodded yes, and then I walked out. And so wow. even that, <laughs> don't even accept that. Don't listen to that. If, because people, this is a curse. People are cursing yes. you. And they don't realize the power of their words. When somebody yeah, comes to you, you're you go, treated you know pretty what? badly by people. Yeah, if you think about all the curses that are put on you by people, when people go, you know, you're, you keep doing that. You're just going to get killed. You're going to, oh, man, forget it. Reject that immediately. Go, you know what? I reject everything you just said. And you're rejecting it out loud so you can actually hear yourself reject it. Don't ever, ever accept anybody putting anything on you. 
no curse whatsoever. You've got to respect them as powerful, regardless if they know they're powerful or not. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how powerful they think they are, because the reality is if you're in, if, if you're in this beast system and you're already in the programming of it, you're accepting almost everything that you're hearing. So you've got to be weary of what your ears hear. When right. it says hold fast to what you have, don't let anything come into the ears. You've got to protect this because this is an evil, evil place. Well, I know God has healed me from my addiction because uh, things I've been through my entire life, from childhood, if the father wasn't with me, there's several instances that I would not even be alive today. So I know he's with me. I, it's, that's, I don't question that. But I will be more positive in coming off of this, and maybe I can do this myself and just walk away from it. Yes, absolutely. You can't, I mean, you, if you have the faith that you can get it done, then you can. It's all up. It's all inside of you. Everything is inside mm-hmm. of you. Well, I thank you, know, you and very much, and I, I enjoy yeah. your videos so much. And thank you very much. And I am spreading seeds of your words, but uh, you know, you get a lot of criticism. But uh, I don't care. I, um, I know what I hear when it's real, and it's real to me. Everything I've heard from you, I, I know it's the truth, and I thank you for that. Thank you very much. Well, it comes with the territory. When you're over the target, you're going to receive uh, anti-aircraft fire, right? So they're going to be yes. shooting at you when you're over the target. If you're not over the target and it really doesn't matter, well, nobody's going to say a thing to you. Well, I pray for kind you, like, and God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you as well. Bye. Bye. So I'm going to go to the next caller. Um, I'll first address somebody talking. I'm just glancing down here at the chat. Another bunny reference. I'm sorry if you have a thing against bunnies. Yes, I know that the bunny is uh, – is the image of fertility. I'm not making sideways reference to paganism or anything. Bunnies are cute. Um, they're very sweet. I had one run. I didn't even know it. I had one run through the back of the video. Somebody caught it and, and uh, mentioned it. So uh, the video today, if you saw that, the bunny, we have brave. Somebody said we have very brave bunnies here in Arizona. Yeah. Um, they come out and hang out. I have a, I have a good relationship with the animals around here. I have road runners and rabbits and, and uh, all sorts of, uh, uh, critters and creatures. I've seen a, you know, an armadillo and you name it. And, and they're just, they're just not afraid. And they're very, they are very brave. So they come up and, and hang out with me, but animals have always liked me. You know, if any of you have ever seen the hawk that landed on my arm and, and, uh, when I grew up, I had a, I had, uh, uh, bobcats, um, that I raised, uh, full, uh, full size bobcats. And, uh, I had a pet owl that followed me around, so I've had lots of animals, animals that I've had uh, relationships with my uh, my whole life, and love horses. Been riding them since I was a little kid, and uh, you know, love uh, communicating with them. They're just incredible creatures. So uh, I'm going to go to the next caller, six zero seven two three five six seven six zero seven two three five. You're on the air. Can I have your name? Hello. Hi, <clears throat> Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Do you have a question? Hi. Um, uh, just I would like to make a comment that um, even though a lot of things that you say and put forth um, I don't always resonate with, but the one thing that I really appreciate is almost said, you know, almost in the last comment that you said, which is very timely that you pick up this call, um, 
was to the other lady about how evil how evil um the world it really is mm-hmm. and um evil evil place you know i guess i uh, you know I struggle with the fact that why would a loving father um do this to children i don't i i just I just don't get it, and I don't think I ever will. And um, I get really, really angry. But I'm grateful for your messages because it really, um, something about the way you resonate allows the anger to really reveal itself to me. And I know I was really angry angry before, but I really hurt myself. I suppressed it. I hurt myself with it. I was sad. I was frustrated and I'd uh, you know let let people be evil because I, I didn't want to see it but I've been through enough in the last few years that it really really is I know that I'll never thrive um, in it and I'm just kind of pissed that I won't have a chance to thrive you know I just because I have had it uh, you know, times in my life when I did thrive, where the atmosphere was not uh, evil, was pretty clean atmosphere, and mm-hmm. I soared. You know, I really, I really made progress spiritually, and you know, so I just, I really don't. You could say uh, I don't have a lot of respect to allow his mm-hmm. children to be uh, so suppressed and sure. so downtrodden, and mm-hmm. I, I get really pissed. But, you know, I'm glad to meet you because you don't mind showing that kind of, um, you know, um, you don't mind expressing, I don't know how to say it, uh, a wider outlook uh, uh, on it. And and so I appreciate that. And so I'm sharing you with, with you, you know, the, the truth of how I feel. Well, I appreciate that, Lorraine. And, and maybe this will help because um, this is what helped me. Uh, because the uh, there's there's scripture that says that um, let one seek uh, and this is in the this is in the uh, the Nagamadis so where it says let one seek seek and when he finds he will become disturbed and when he becomes disturbed he will become angry and when he becomes angry he will then rule over all so your your understanding and hearing these things becoming angry is actually the the correct stage of understanding this. Just like Scripture says, it says, be angry and do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now, that anger isn't towards other people. That anger is towards the cause. That's why when somebody wants to castigate a people, I go, they're all in the same place that we are, right? You can't castigate those people. You can't go after those people. You can hate the cause. You can, you can despise the enemy. You can hate the sin, but not the sinner, because you're the sinner. You're the person that has also allowed these things to happen and made these things happen, too. You've supported them, and unknowingly sometimes. But here's the reality. The Father, if, if the way that it was shown to me that really, really helped me after I had become angry, that doesn't mean that I'm not still angry at the enemy. Every single time I hear... Uh, you know, somebody's stories and how they feel and how difficult it is for them to, to obtain the Father and to obtain this, um, it, it just troubles me beyond words. So this is the way that I explain it. If I were to show you, and I've done this, so forgive me if anybody's heard this before, 
and, and it's redundant, but it's always good to hear these things again, that if I showed you a picture of a, of a redwood tree, that redwood tree would just look like a tree, one of the giant redwoods up there in the uh, Trees of Mystery. They are so huge that you cannot even comprehend those trees, not even in pictures with contrast, because you have to actually be there. But if I wanted to show you a picture of that tree and help you understand the sheer size of it, I would have to take a picture with something that you knew the size of it and put it next to it, like a person or yourself. So somebody that you knew, a six-foot-tall man, and I put him next to it, and you would see just how tiny that man was. Now you would have a full respect for the sheer size of that tree. Well, the same with the father. That the father, if the father is absolutely perfect and all good, and he wants to have children because he wants to commune with them, then how could he create those children and they know how good he is if there isn't any way for them to understand what good is? So this is where the evil becomes a requirement, where something is allowed. Now, the fallen made this happen, but the father allows these things to happen. So the reality is this wasn't this – wasn't, there is an evil in this, right? So your, your soul essentially being taken, stolen from the father's side. And the father using it as a fix for the problem that took place. So here's the, here's the point what I mean. He wants you to come to his side, and he needs you to understand who he is so you'll understand who you are. And you cannot come to his side unless you have completely denied evil but fully understand evil. So you will understand. Uh, Just like yeah. there is no such thing as cold without hot. right? We live in a and binary it, world. Yeah, I just think think a loving father, from what I've known in my life, would not just, like, abandon you to figure it out. Well, the um, best thing, he hasn't abandoned you. He's given you the option. He hasn't abandoned you. This is is what this entire... It's it's just so incredibly, incredibly evil what they've bound us in. And, you know, just hearing some of the things that you've said, uh, you know, that we have to endure and all this stuff, it's just, you know, it's like. uh, Why do I? I fully understand your frustration. I think think the father is just as pathologically insane as, you know, uh, what he's allowed here. Okay. That's that's sometimes how how really angry I get. I I've been there myself, and and I can tell you that that will give way to a peace. Um, it's just going to take some time. It it really does. It, this isn't this isn't achieved overnight. I uh, Lorraine, I really appreciate it, and you know you should um, if you ever ever need to speak, you can always email me. You can always get in touch with me. I'm always uh, it's it's that situation that that predicament that you're in that I always want to be, make myself available for you to get past because I remember being there and I, and I didn't have anybody. I didn't have anyone. I had to, yeah, I had to go I, through I, I see that. myself. Yeah. I didn't have anyone. And so I had to, I had to figure this out through the father on my own. And I can tell you that the darkest, my darkest days are where you're at. So I fully grasp that. And I just want to make myself available and let you know that I am available um, well, I appreciate what you're, what you're sharing because it's allowing me to even express it. Oh, yes. I, that's, and that's the good part. <laughs> yep. So thank you so is. much, Lorraine. I pre- appreciate your call. Thank you.
So I'm going to go to the next call. I've only got nine. Oh, see, I just looked at the clock, see how much time I have left, and it said 9-11. So nine minutes, 11 seconds. That's what I'm talking about, just always. It always works out that way. So going to go to 503-997. What's your name, and do you have a question? Hello? 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 Yes. This is Ray. Hey, Ray, do you have a question? You're on with Derek. I understand. I, I just wanted to confirm to everyone listening that you have been um, baptized in the Spirit, as I have. Yes, sir. And my circumstances have uh, guided me to the very beginning when you revealed yourself. So I just wanted to confirm to everyone that uh, the Lord does have his people in place, and we are he not does. alone. No, we are definitely not alone. I appreciate that, and I'm sure we'll meet. I'm sure we will as well. I wanted to uh, point out a scripture in Galatians. Okay. Uh, chapter 5, verse 16. And to reiterate that it is important to always walk in the Spirit. It is. No matter where you are. I'll take it with you. To talk to the every, day, prayer, every day, prayer every day, every day is the Sabbath. Yeah, prayer is the key to understanding that we are in a spiritual war, and if we can overcome our differences and understand that we're all connected, mm-hmm. that, that's that's how this uh, this whole thing is gonna is gonna work. But yeah, removing I the know, barriers I, I between us. I understand your place. And what you're and what you're doing, and, and uh, mm-hmm. I commend you for it. And I'll always I'll always be here. Thank you I very much. I appreciate. Too. Oh, I'm sure we will. I appreciate you, and hope to meet you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for calling. So, uh, going to go to uh, uh, area code seven zero seven seven two one seven zero seven seven two one. Do you have a question? You're on with Derek. Hey, Hello, Derek. This is Joshua. Hey. hey, Joshua. How are you? Good. Everybody How are you doing? Well, um, I'm good. I'm really just listening in. Um, uh, okay. So I, I'll just tell you, uh, hey, I appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, um, uh, you know, I guess I could – this just kind of hit my mind. So, uh, you know, I, I've been in this place my whole life. Well, I've always, I've always had – Yeshua in my life, you know, he was, he, he was Jesus, so, but I've never, uh, and I've looked for it and I've tried to, you know, but I've always been, um, stuck between, am I talking to myself or am I hearing what I'm expecting to hear? Um, and, and I have that conversation a lot with myself. Um, but just since I found you, I've really, really been reading and we've emailed back and forth a few times and and there's little sparks that keep hitting off uh and just things that like you said before kind of make me laugh uh um stones screaming out and sure so uh joshua i'm losing you a little bit i don't know whether that's on my end or your end but you're breaking up Okay, let me let me try this here. I'm on a I'm on an earpiece and I'm standing out and it's a little Hello? 
Hello. It looks like we lost him. So I'm going to, sorry about that, Joshua. Um, next time, uh, let's, I'll make sure that uh, we get you back on the show to ask your question. I don't know what, uh, what happened. You started to break up there and then it started to uh, give me a little bit of digital gobbledygook. Maybe you're a, uh, Maybe you're a hologram, as they say, when they have degradation, digital degradation within their signal. So I'm going to go to 224-217, area code 224-217. You're on with Derek. Do you have a question? Hello? 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 Guess not. So uh, I'm going to go to area code 609-481. You're on with Derek. Do you have a question? Hello? Uh, hello? Yeah, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Oh, good. Yes, I can. Okay. Um, I know I don't have what's long, your, but... Yeah, what's your uh, name? I have a... Jill. Okay. Jill? Good to meet you, Jill. Okay. I have a son. He, he was uh, diagnosed schizophrenic since he was a kid. And he was a teenager, and he was also in prison. But something very strange happened. You know, I he grew up in the uh, Baptist church, and um, he started like their spirits talking to him, but not in a good way. He like actually wrote what he thinks is the next chapter of Revelation, and he's in it. It's like a you know typical schizophrenic thing, but. I really think talking to him, you know, like it's just too real and too weird. And uh, I'm like, is there hope for him? Because by himself, he will not like speak anything other than what he believes, you know? Yes, um, there uh, there is hope. Uh, there is hope for him because obviously, depending on what uh, what he's being talk to what he's being asked to do obviously that the targeting isn't necessarily spirits so to speak i don't know whether you've paid attention to dana ashley's video on uh the targeting of ai uh the of uh, targeted individuals ah uh, yeah i think i know what you're talking about i'm not sure yeah who I, I, would, heard, but... I would yeah i would go to dana ashley's channel um uh-huh. uh just that you'll find her she just did a very extensive um, video with a, an amazing amount of work. Took her a month of of investigating it, and uh, she's got some incredible information that will help give you some insight um, and also okay. some solutions. But understand that that's going to be happening more and more. The amount of people that are being diagnosed of uh, schizophrenic today that aren't uh-huh. schizophrenic, they're being targeted, is astounding. They're literally being they're they're test tubes, and and it's uh, they're being tested on. Because I've met many uh-huh. of them, and uh, and believe me, there's there's one thing about somebody that is I've met somebody that is schizophrenic, and I've met somebody that is targeted, and the schizophrenia is um, is quite unique. That um, uh-huh. and yes, the schizophrenia is actually speaking with demons because there's a there's a conversation going on there. So I've only got 90 seconds left mm-hmm. in the show, but but please watch okay. Dana's channel and um, oh, and uh, but prayer. Prayer. You'll see from that video there had the solution for it. The solutions is primarily prayer. What's her last name again? My na- last name Dana is Rose. Oh, Dana. Oh, Dana Ashley. Ashley. A S H L I E. Dana Ashley. Oh, thank you so much. I'm gonna look that up. Thanks so much. It was great talking with you. Uh-huh. 
So uh, only got 60 seconds left. So I'm just going to uh, I'm going to wrap up the show. That I'm going to like I said, I'm going to try to do these more often. I'm a, I, uh, I have the ability. The account that I have allows me to do two hours a day. Um, I would do three hours. I actually tried to do three hours today and uh, I'm limited. So um, I'm limited to uh, to that two hours a day, but I'd like to try to take advantage of that. Uh, because you know the the system's being paid for it. my my loving family supports me in that way and they you know they're covering the costs of these things so i want to make sure that i um that i utilize it uh, for uh, for everything that it is and so i'd like to try to do this um in a casual fashion as much as possible as as, time, as much as time allows i love you all Thank you for joining, and I'm going to try to do another show probably either Monday or Tuesday, and I'm going to be taking the rest of the weekend uh, off because uh, I'm going to, I need the break, and uh, I have some guests that I'd like to spend some time with. I love you all, um, and I'll see you on Monday or Tuesday, okay? Do well, and 